This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me, rejoining me here once again on this awesome Friday. I am so stoked and very grateful to have our guest today, Washboard Hank. And Washboard Hank and myself met up at an anti-bullying initiative in Peterborough on November 21st. Uh, so raising awareness, fundraising initiative, it was lovely. And I mentioned to, to Hank then that we would definitely have him on radio. So as I always do, based on the expanse of the show, reaching 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, radio terrestrial satellites, I'm just going to plug a little bit about Hank and his bio before turning it over to unscripted dialogue. So thanks again for joining. So Washboard Hank has successfully made a living as a musician and cultural treasure for over 40 years. He started as a street musician playing all over North America, where he learned how to present a truly entertaining show. Late at night, he would have total strangers laughing and dancing in the grimmest of urban settings. This ability to spread joy has been Hank's constant goal. In the beginning, he teamed up with Reverend Ken to form Rev Ken and the Lost Followers, which was one of the wildest party bands in the history of Canadian music. From 1976 to, to 1986, they worked their way to Expo 86 in Vancouver before heading off in separate directions. Next, Hank formed Hank and the Honkers, a six-piece honky-tonk country band that played all over Ontario up to 1986. During this period... His first recording, Donkeys and Tire Fires, was released, and for a short time, Hank was the darling of the CBC doing many radio and TV shows in a time when the CBC actually had a budget for such things. In 1996, Hank was invited to join Fred Eagle Smith's band, The Flying Squirrels, with Ralph Shipper and the great Willie P. Bennett for the next five years. He toured constantly, doing many festivals and opening for Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, and George Jones, just to name a few. Since 2001, Hank has devoted himself to his own music recording, three more CDs with another in the works. He has established himself as a top-grade children's entertainer and continues to do adult shows that are the thing of legend. So, Hank, thanks for joining us. This is awesome. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Lisa. This is amazing. So you're off the charts busy, are you? Loving what you're doing? Yeah, I just came back from Mexico, actually, and uh, we took the banjo and the mandolin, and we had lots of fun playing for the Mexican folks. Fantastic. I learned up a, I learned up a Mexican tune, and uh, it's amazing how music is a passport into just about anything, you know? Like, if you can play music, you can make friends with anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what I'd like to do is, if you have all your gear there, we would love to introduce who you are to all our listeners and your amazing talent. You're a lot of fun. So are you good to go? Okay, I've got a tune here. Okay, Doc. I must say, uh, learning how to do things is a never-ending project, and especially for me when I have to learn how to do it all over and over again. And it's nice to be on this computer rooter tutor today talking to you. And here's a song about learning. 
to do, how to do. I'm learning, learning, learning how to do. I'm learning how to do things. I'm learning how to do. I'm learning everything I gotta know to grow up brave and true. I'm learning how to whistle and how to tie my shoe. I'm learning how to do things. I'm learning how to do. How to do. How to do. I'm learning, learning how to do. I'm learning how to do things. I'm learning how to do. I'm learning if you're nice to folks, well, they'll be nice to you. I'm learning that you'll get more pie if you say please and thank you. I'm learning how to do things. I'm learning how to do. How to do. How to do. I'm learning, learning, learning how to do. I'm learning how to do. I'm learning how to make my bed and do the dishes too. I'm learning to be nice to mom and dad because all that they've been through. I'm learning how to do things. I'm learning how to do. How to do. How to do. I'm learning, learning, learning how to do. (laughs) You are amazing. I love that. Thank you. I find that if you want to do children's entertainment, you got to put something in for mom and dad. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Well, that was amazing. Thank you for showcasing your talent for us. And uh, you're just, you're a trip, Hank. You truly are. You've got so much going for you. Charisma, humor, improvisation, just so creative. So that's what this show is all about. And I love what you sung about because this show is all about passions and self-empowerment, personal development, paying it forward, being of service to others. And clearly that's how you live your life. And so what I'd love to know from you, Hank, is um, how did this all begin for you and and how and why the washboard? Well, um, I'm a great believer in uh, uh, dreams can sometimes lead you into things. And when I was a kid, I had this dream that I was going to build this marvelous machine that everyone loved. And uh, I was always uh, always a tinkerer. I was lucky enough to have two junkyards in my backyard. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. they What they did was they uh, took all the junk away and made it into a park. So now it's boring as, uh, <laughs> boring as can be. But when there were junkyards there, we could, I could get pieces of things and put them together. And... Uh, that's pretty much what I did with my washboard. I got all kinds of different bells and horns, and I put it together. And uh, the more things I put on it, the more people liked it. So it got to the point where it was about 50 pounds, and that was almost too much. But I have um, and playing of Spike Jones and in the spirit of uh, Looney Tunes cartoons, uh-huh. it was uh, real fun music, and uh, it's actually uh, Western swing and uh, and swing music and Dixieland music from the 
twenties and thirties that they used in uh, Looney Tunes, and I just once I discovered that music, I was uh, totally uh, inspired to build something that I could play that music with. And since I didn't have to tune the washboard, it was a pretty easy thing to pick up. So, and how long were you musically inclined? How long had you been playing before you came upon inventing the washboard as as your whole shtick? Well, actually, I was uh, I was writing uh, lyrics to songs before I was musically inclined at all. And uh, then uh, a friend came along, Reverend Ken, Ken Ramson, and he started putting uh, tunes to my lyrics. And so uh, I was very curious to see how my lyrics would go across with people because I love watching people's reaction to what I do. You know, they think that uh, I'm not looking at them, but I'm totally looking at them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I found a washboard, I thought, well, here's something I can play easy and I can just stand up and watch the people enjoy my music, and uh, or my Ken and my music, and uh, it sort of grew from there. And at that point, I was about uh, 19 years old, I guess, and uh, I just started uh, playing on the street. And we, uh, the first time we played on the street, we made a hundred bucks each. Wow! We thought this is great, and uh, it took off from then, and. 45 years later, I'm still learning how to play different instruments. And at this point in my life, I can play uh, the mandolin, the five-string banjo, the four-string banjo, the dobro, the guitar, the tuba, and, uh, well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I can play just about anything, (laughs) clearly. And do you have a favorite instrument out of all of those? Well, right now, I'm uh, obsessed with five-string banjo. I I just uh, really enjoy it. Amazing. And uh, I don't know why. And actually, uh, over the years, I've collected banjos to the point where I don't really know how many I own. And I'm kind of afraid to. <laughs> well, I that's okay. So, some people collect cats, you know. <laughs> so, so you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, like banjos don't smell as much as cats. Well, there you go. And you don't have all those litter boxes to take yeah, care of. That's right. So, um, so... Can you can you kind of walk us through the beginning of you know you starting off solo, you know getting into your groove, realizing this this is what you were meant to do, a calling, building upon it, people taking note of you, putting lyrics to the tunes. When when did you become hooked up with people like Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and George Jones? Like that what? Was, that was through uh, playing with Fred Eaglesmith. Fred Eaglesmith is a very gifted songwriter. And uh, we had an absolutely fabulous band. And uh, we traveled, geez, about 400 days a year. Wow. It seemed like. And uh, during that period, uh, we got to uh, go, go all over North America and play just about everywhere. And uh, Fred had uh, management out of Nashville, which hooked us up with these big country shows. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And are these people that you still keep in touch with for those who are alive? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No. I have, well, I've made uh, I've made friends along the way, of course, and uh, they're not necessarily famous, but uh, <laughs> I never put much stock in that. I just like people. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we impress upon that here at the network and on my individual host show, Carpe Diem. You know, I have had household names on this show. I've had non-household names. But the one thing that strings us all together and, you know, keeps the community alive, whatever it is you're endeavoring to do, is really going back to basics. You know, I love talking to people who are living their life of passions, people who are spreading their greatness, who, you know, are on fire and making a difference in people's lives no matter what it is that they're doing so you're definitely one of those people Hank so thank you what Queen Elizabeth said in her message this year was it is better to light a candle than curse the darkness (laughs) I think we're all uh, we're all candle lighters here we want to make the world a better place and uh, I recognize that with you Lisa right off the bat and uh, I think we're kindred spirits and I hope spirits out there because this world needs a lot of making better. (laughs) Well, what a lovely thing to say. Thank you so much. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier there, following playing your piece, is, uh, you know, you you said, you know, the children or people don't think that I'm necessarily looking at them. And so when it was my turn to watch you perform, clearly you had everybody on their feet dancing, the parents, the children. I mean, you know, you're just... You're just such a fun person to watch and be in the same presence of. And that's why I knew I had to have you on radio. You're just very infectious. I love your energy. Good, good. Well, yeah. Know, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm blessed that I could actually find something. Like that first uh, time that we made $100 when we played on the street, I had this blaze. You know, it was just like uh, an epiphany that this is what I want to do. I'm having a lot of fun. Actually, mm-hmm. uh what I was doing at that point was juggling boulders. I had two big boulders, and uh, Ken kept breaking strings, so I had to do something. So <laughs> I brought these rocks down from my farm, and uh, I'd throw them up in the air and juggle them. And it was, it was, you know, they're both about forty-pound rocks, and it was a pretty good little little stunt. Awesome! And I just felt everyone's attention is on me, and they're having fun, and I'm having fun, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> So uh, 40 years later, when I go to uh, school reunions, I can see the people who have found their calling, and I can also see the people who live miserable, rotten, rat race lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And, and the, so do you, do you cheer race, those people up? <laughs> the rat races look like they're about 50 years older than me, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, reconnecting with you is an opportunity for people to go, okay, it's never too late to change my story, right? Yeah, and uh, I think it is very important, uh, what I was saying about uh, having this dream about uh, playing this instrument, I think it's very important to uh, sometimes follow your dreams, because even if it doesn't seem like it's uh, the financially viable idea, it can sometimes be so infinitely rewarding that you... Like, it's it's ridiculous to not do it. So true. So true. And so do you know of anybody else as a result of you being very unique with the washboard? Has anybody else tried to mimic that? Or as far as you know, are you still, you know, pretty much standalone in that category? Well, I'm headed to a, a washboard festival in Logan, Ohio. And uh, it's amazing. There's all kinds of washboard players. And everyone has their different style. I mean... I didn't know how to play, so I just made up my method of playing. And uh, 
there are all kinds of washboard players. And I think here in Peterborough, Ontario, we have a very vibrant music scene. And, uh, you know, without being too uh, pompous, I'd just like to say that I think uh, over the years I've tried to help as many people as possible uh, get into music and uh, help them uh, make a living in music. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the result now is that in Peterborough, any day of the week you can go out and see some really good music, and I'm very proud of that, and I think that's an important thing to do. You've got to support your fellow artists as much as possible. Absolutely, and certainly there's nothing pompous about that, Hank. You know, I believe that's what we're all here to do. You know, whatever it is we feel that we're gifted with, whatever our individual message that we choose to impart to the world, you know, I think it's actually a shame and a disservice when people don't share that with the rest of the world because you never know until you do how that catapults people into living their own life of abundance and following their own dreams and recognizing they have a right to chase their dreams. So good for you for doing that. Yes, and as my friend Bert Baumbach used to say, it's nice to be nice when you can be nice. (laughs) Very true. And there's always opportunities to be nice. Yes. Always. And and supportive of the arts and supportive of uh, people's individual if you've got an individual thing that you want to do with your life, you, I just love those people. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your CDs. Tell us about the sequencing of them, what they're called, where people can find them, and what was the inspiration inspiration behind each one of them? Well, the first one is called uh, Donkeys and Tire Fires. Mm-hmm. And it was inspired by um, a uh, song I wrote called The Honky Tonky Donkey from Coba Conk. <laughs> and uh, Stomp and Tom liked that song. He almost recorded it. And the other song was uh, uh, Polyester Polly Lit a Tire Fire in My Heart, <laughs> inspired by the Hagersville Tire Fire, which happened years and years ago. Yes, I remember that. That was in the 80s, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. And then in the 90s, I, uh, I was uh, touring with my good friend Lance Lurie, and Ronnie Hayward out west, and we uh, stopped in at a studio, and in two days we made Hurrah for Washboard Hank, which is kind of uh, a more uh, uh, country, uh, hillbilly, uh, rockabilly sort of a a record. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, I did my children's record, uh, Big Fun for Kids, later on in the 90s and uh, mm-hmm. right now I'm working and then I did and the uh, big fun was uh, <clears throat> my uh, my aunt Margaret said uh, I like your children's music and I think you should make a CD so she gave me some money to make that that CD and I'm, I'm very pleased with it because I think it's uh, a very good children's record that isn't sucky <laughs> right <laughs> you know what I mean yeah feel free to elaborate though <laughs> but anyhow, far be it for me to cast dispersions. But uh, the uh, the next record I made was uh, uh, Sweet Mysteries of Life, which was just kind of a, I went into the studio and I sang for uh, 27 minutes and uh, the CD is 26 minutes long. And uh, it was kind of just um, a creative effort and I... Uh, Steve Lurie did an awful lot of work on that. He's a, a brilliant sound t- 
technician out in, Man- in Alberta. Mm-hmm. He, I'm just sort of putting these songs down because I want to hear what they sound like. And he wound up making a, a CD out of it. So right now I'm uh, I'm uh, working on a, a project that uh, I'm thinking of calling Parsnips and Human Beans. That <laughs> because I like parsnips and one of the songs is called Human Beans. And uh-huh. in this song I sort of uh, blame all of the, the uh, troubles in the world on human beings. Mm-hmm. The dumbest vegetables on a plate, human beings. <laughs> Too late. Human beings, it's a shame they run everything. Human beings makes me fear what the future brings. And <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, it's almost a punk rock song actually, but it's, but it's based on an old banjo tune called uh, Cluck Old Hen. So if that makes any sense, I don't. Think. <laughs> I, That's I awesome. The, uh, my, I've devoted the last 45 years to trying to become a better musician and uh, I think this fun, this uh, CD I'm working on now will have a lot it's got a wide range of music on it and I think it will be very interesting and pretty funny and what's the release date of that one do you have well, one we're hoping to get it out in the summer I'm just going to do some mastering in uh, April mm-hmm. so I'm hoping to start it hopefully by May or June, I'll have a bunch to sell. Excellent. And basically, uh, you can just look up Washboard Hank on Facebook, and I will send you a CD. Because uh, uh, stores, uh, I basically sell all my CDs from the stage or from my house. Because uh, stores uh, take half the money, and stores the stores just aren't doing very well. Right. But they don't go stale. Right. You can keep them forever. And, uh, <laughs> and I still have uh, pretty much all of my CDs. Uh, like I'm, I've got a million seller, a million in the seller sort of thing. Excellent. And and so are you aware of any running current stats that you could tell us as to how many CDs you've sold worldwide? Well, I don't know, about 30,000, I guess. Good for you. That's excellent. And so what do you say to fellow musicians or people who are aspiring to become a musician knowing that the industry has completely changed since you would have first uh, come upon it yourself? Well, one helpful hint I give uh, musicians is uh, sell your CDs for $20 because uh, ABM machines don't spit out $15. They don't spit out $12. <laughs> so everybody has a 20 Uh-huh. And... Uh, what about the people? You, know, I, you just keep going and uh, and try to get paid for every gig. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are lots of energy gigs you can do, but uh, sometimes you get trapped in a benefit uh, whirlpool and uh, you never make any money. Mm-hmm. And what about people who are phenomenal musicians, write excellent lyrics, have huge dreams, but feel a little bit... I don't know, impeded or jaded or a little bit perplexed about how to break into, you know, especially with the whole system of music having changed, uh, the whole industry, you know, what it costs to produce things, uh, knowing that a lot of things are going the way of iTunes now and downloads um, and digital. So, you know, how do you 
how do you continue to inspire people to proceed with that knowing you know that you're doing so not necessarily knowing what the dollar amount is going to be at the end and of course for anybody who truly is in the world of music you're not doing it for that reason alone or certainly initially it's because of the burning passion to do so um, but how do you keep people afloat with that so they don't feel rejected or they don't feel uh, you know like maybe they should be revisiting their life dream well um, for one thing there's no easy there's no easy way of doing it <laughs> for another thing uh, I always follow what my grandfather told me. He said, uh, never invest a whole lot of money in anything. Just keep plugging along. Mm-hmm. Just keep plugging along. So, you know, if uh, if I need music, I'm not above going down to the beer store and playing in front of the beer store. Or I'm not, If I need money, I should say, I'm not above uh, doing anything. Or I have a restaurant that I can go and I can get a free breakfast if I play. And... Uh, People think that, uh, oh, I've got to mortgage my house and, and get uh, spend $100,000 on a CD. Well, that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there are lots of people in the music business that are just looking for folks that are that gullible. And uh, as my grandfather said, don't invest a lot of money, just but just keep plugging. Mm-hmm. And uh, try to make money. And if you want to... Uh, if you want to uh, invest money, invest money that you've made through your music. <laughs> and mm-hmm. That's a pretty good gauge of knowing how well you're going to do. But, Absolutely. And, but, you know, I, I just say try to avoid people who are going to say, well, you're going to make it really quickly and it'll be really easy. Because the very best you can do is be a flavor of the month. And uh, who wants to be a flavor of the month when you can be a legend? Absolutely. Love that. Good for you. Well, and what's nice, too, I love your explanation, um, you know, and philosophizing a little bit about what your grandfather said, because, you know, I think people who can be inventive and people who uh, can be innovative and going back to the grassroots of the whole bartering system, you know, playing for a breakfast or playing in front of the beer store, like whatever you call it, I think that's amazing because, you know, you don't need to be on a stage to make people happy. You don't need to be on a stage to be heard uh, and for people to recognize that you have talent. Um, so good for you for being very creative and diverse that way. And the thing is, every time you play for someone else, you improve your ability to play for people. And I think it's very important to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel totally uh, at ease if someone says, uh, <laughs> well, in Mexico it was like, is that a, is that a guitar? And uh, no, it's a banjo. Can you play it? Well, yes, I can. And then I would pull it out and play. And uh, I learned, uh, I am a rancho grande. I am a navajillo. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I'd play that song. And uh, it, it was fun. And actually, we made <clears throat> we made some money in Mexico while we were on our vacation. What do you think? Fantastic. See, anything's possible, right? For sure. And it's not a matter of, Having to have a band, it's not a matter of having to have anything other than an instrument, really. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of being comfortable and uh, being competent, and that the only way you can be comfortable and competent is by doing it. Absolutely. And so how do you keep yourself fresh and current so that you're constantly in a flow of creativity? Well, um, 
I just go from instrument to instrument. Right now I'm sitting with uh, my mandolin, my banjo, my washboard, my dobro, my tenor banjo, my uh, guitar, my kitchen sink tuba. And mm-hmm. I always have something to do. I also have a one-man band that I've, I've uh, put together. And actually a guy named Dave Harris made a coffee table book called uh, Hands, Heart, and Head or something like that. And uh, I'm prominently... Uh, in it, although there are another 650 one-man bands in it as well. It's, it's uh, That's an interesting uh, facet of what I do. Mm-hmm. I do uh, a Christmas music. I'm getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. I do uh, <laughs> Bobby Burns Day. I have an Oktoberfest uh, uh, show. I, I do uh, country western or folk or whatever kind of music I want because music's been with us as long as we know like mm-hmm. people have found uh, musical instruments that are 40,000 years old in uh, the caves of uh, Spain where they have the uh, cave paintings and uh, so Neanderthal man or whatever was playing a flute that has uh, notes that are the same uh, distance apart that our notes are so like do re mi mm-hmm. 40,000 years ago incredible and I think uh, that makes music uh, about uh, eight times uh, older than uh, religion, for example. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that makes music very important. And so I do everything I can in my life to become a musician because <clears throat> if it all goes to pot and I wind up standing around a campfire banging two rocks together and whistling, I'll be ready to do it. There you go. Love the attitude. Awesome. So, who are some of your mentors? I ask all my guests that question because I think it's so important for people to give props to people who have inspired them with their own journeys and gotten them on the path. Well, my first uh, my first musical uh, explosion in my head was when I saw Stomp and Tom Connors at uh, Western University years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this guy... He can't play that well, and he can't sing that well, but his words are just fabulous, and everyone's on the edge of their seat trying to figure out what he's going to do next. <laughs> Similar that, to yourself. And that uh, that totally uh, set the path that way. <clears throat> and then I was fortunate enough to uh, see uh, Willie P. Bennett uh, very early around that time. And uh, Willie P. Bennett was a, a consummate musician. Just mm-hmm. He never did a bad note in his whole life, as far as I know. Well, that's and, pretty impressive. And he was just a wonderful harmonica, mandolin, guitar player. He mm-hmm. could actually play a melody on the mandolin and a harmony on the uh, harmonica while he was playing. And I had the, the privilege of playing with him for five years with the Fred Eaglesmith Band. Excellent. Every night, uh, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck. And so having uh, those two influences, the consummate musician and the brilliant songwriter, um, Stomp and Tom Connors and Willie P. Bennett, I'd say they were two uh, very important influences in my life. Very nice. Very nice, Hank. And who out there musically, whether it follows your style or not, who do you really admire musically? 
aside from the, aside from the people you've obviously given uh, accolades to. Well, uh, there's a, a young band uh, here in Peterborough called the May Hemingways, and uh, there's just two of them. One guy plays the drums, the other guy plays uh, banjo, guitar, uh, accordion, and mm-hmm. he also plays the bass with his feet. He's got like an organ bass. Uh, wow. And uh, these guys, uh, they're out traveling all the time, and they're just, they're just brilliant. And I remember uh, Benj, the guy who is the multi multi instrumentalist. He uh, he had a banjo, and one night he was walking home, and uh, he got jumped, and they they beat him up, and they broke his banjo. Oh my god! And so uh, he he always plays at the market here in Peterborough. So I went down. And gave him a good banjo. Lovely, lovely, Hank. And uh, he's taken that, and he's gone, and he's he's uh, become very, very good. They just put out a new record called The Hunter Street Blues, which is fabulous. It's it's uh, oh man, I don't know how you describe it, but it's. Uh, and so the gentleman who plays with his bare is it his bare feet? Oh, he uh, he plays bass. With uh, just he stomps on different pedals, and it works out good for the two of them. They put out a huge sound, and uh, of course there are other. Uh, Corb Lund is another uh, good friend of mine who's a, a great musician and a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. I'm privilege of playing with him uh, a few times and doing a tour with him, and uh, he has uh, brilliant songs that are. I like songs. I like. Uh, People that have, you know, something more than uh, I love you or you left me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, hallelujah. Thank you. So, so there you go. 90% of the music nowadays I don't like. (laughs) Right. uh, I understand. Well, certainly music has changed. Absolutely it has. And for somebody who's actually in the industry, you could probably attest to that more than anyone. So, and on that note, can we hear something else? Okay, uh, let's see. I've got, I've got the band over here. Let's see. Uh, here's the... Mm. Yeah, it was kind of 
that's probably one of my favorite songs of yours. Yeah, well, that, that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? It does. I absolutely love the lyrics. Like, there are, there are forces, anyone that tells you how to behave without recognizing who you are, uh, shouldn't do that. <laughs> right. Plain and simple. Yes. So, how would you characterize yourself, Hank? How, how is it that you hope to be regarded or, or perceived by people? Uh, a creative force, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, yeah, I suppose it's kind of egotistical, but I don't really care what's going, <laughs> what's going on with the world. I don't really care what kind of music is happening or what. I just know that I've got stuff in me that I'm going to do. Irregardless, or regardless, I guess irregardless and regardless are the same word. Uh, actually, irregardless is not a word. Okay, thank you. No so, problem. So uh, it's just a matter of having your art and not being afraid to do it and just doing it and ignoring anyone that says, oh, it's not very good, or ignoring people that say, oh, that's fabulous. Just do it, you know, mm -hmm. because it's, <laughs> you know, if I was all alone in a forest, I'd still be doing the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And truthfully, Hank, just to kind of go back to what you were just saying, um, my personal opinion is I don't think there's any anything egotistical about your outlook or your philosophy. You know, I think it's actually very good advice. Um, and, you know, for people to get extremely clear uh, on what it is that they choose to manifest or how they choose to live their life or how they choose to work on solely improving themselves and trying to just be the better version of themselves better than yesterday, you have to tune out all the external. You know, you're and, and the more, the more you climb on your own ladder, you know, you're going to develop not only more fans, but you're going to develop more critics. And, you know, because what you're doing takes risks. You're, you know, you're putting yourself out there. You're completely exposed. You're being vulnerable. You know that, you know, there's always public opinion. Sometimes people are going to think, that, you know, what is this guy on? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> that, was, that was one of the introductions to one of the shows I did, actually. Oh, really? Oh, hey, what is this guy on? <laughs> but you know what? That's that's kind of your signature. And, you know, for the people who tend to be judgmental or whatever, they're the people not doing anything with their lives or perhaps they're the ones, as you went back in the very beginning of our interview, you know, showing up at, uh, you know, your reunion, you know, noticing there's a good portion of people who are absolutely miserable. So people who are miserable, it's very easy to point the finger and go, oh, you know, what's this guy all about? Or this guy never grew up. And, and I love it, you know, because you've maintained your childhood spirit, you know, and I believe that's the best energy in the world. And that's what I write about, as you would know from my reading in Peterborough. But, um, you know, I, I think the happiest, and that's not to say that, you know, things haven't happened to children in the world, unfortunately, but I think generally speaking, children have the greatest dynamic, have the greatest energy, take the most risks, are the most trusting. And, you know, so the fact that you gel and bond so well 
with children and you feel a calling to entertain children and a lot of your lyrics are geared towards children with very important uh, messages and metaphors, I think it's fantastic. And so I love the attitude. There's nothing egotistical about saying, you know, just stay focused, remain clear and honor yourself. I, I, I think that should be everybody's legacy. I think that should be everybody's kind of uh whatever you want to call it, mantra. So, good for you. The thing I do with kids, uh, I go into the schools and I build uh, musical instruments with them. And I have uh, a tin can uh, banjo that I can make, or a tin can guitar. Mm -hmm. It's got one string, and uh, you fret it up and down the neck. And uh, I get the kids to make these uh, can boingers, I call them. And uh, I say, you made this. There's no one in the world can play it better than you. So just go ahead and play. Oh, that is beautiful. And, that uh, is beautiful. And to think, uh, you know, there's so many, especially in music, there's so many constraints. And, and, and music teachers just want to teach you as little as possible so they can be paid for as long as possible. <laughs> and I just think, just do it. Just play it. And uh, mm -hmm. you are the finest right from the start. And... Uh, doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have that attitude because uh, it's pounded out of you uh, mm -hmm. pretty quickly. In most most forms of, of uh, education or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. more like, well, you didn't know that, other than, well, you did know that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, so are you self-taught then, Hank? Yes, yes, pretty much. Uh, my wife uh, tries to uh, teach me things, and I resist. <laughs> and is your wife a fellow musician? Yes, she is. And she's also a, an ex-arts uh, teacher. And, oh, wow. And uh, she uh, she's brilliant, but uh, that doesn't mean uh, I have to uh, obey what she says is the truth. And that's getting back to more my my core of being creative and just being myself and you know that's that's where I am I sort of mm -hmm. don't know what the word embarrassment means and uh, glad to hear it never let that stop me never let uh, anything keep me away from who I think I is and who mm -hmm. I think I does excellent just just stay away from washboard porn okay <laughs> <laughs> No, that would be clean. <laughs> we're all well, true enough. I mean, we're all about platforms and we're all about uh, you know bartering. But let, let's just keep it clean, Hank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, are you loved by the neighbors? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I have uh, a nice porch, and I like to go out when it's sunny and play my banjo. And uh, nice. Nobody, uh, nobody complains. And, well, that's good. And uh, there's actually a funeral home across the street. And uh, when there's a funeral, I play uh, tunes in the minor chord. Well, that's nice. And people appreciate that? Oh, I think so. Okay. I, I think, you know, like, it's not a radio. <laughs> right. It's, it's not something you just turn on. It's it's real music, and it's it's back to the uh, elemental thing. And I think it's really 
important for people to sit on their porches and play music if they want. Absolutely. I, lo- I love the visual with that. And uh, I've actually had uh, a concert. We had uh, Arts Week here in Peterborough, and uh, we had what we called Palooza, which had five bands playing on five different porches. And wow. You could wander around and hear totally acoustic music. And uh, it was quite nice. It was very, very nice. Well, you'd be loved in the South. Yeah. Well, yes, I like... You know, people people love their wraparound ranch porches. And, uh, you know, seriously, my brother lives in Virginia. He's all into this stuff. So, I mean, maybe you make a house call. Great, great. You know, set up, set up a tour date. I've had fun... Uh, I've had fun everywhere I've gone. I was uh, doing a, a a cruise boat that started in uh, Greenland, and we uh, we stopped in Nuke, Greenland, and I just went into the main square and started playing music, and I had a wonderful time, and I made uh, tons and tons of money, but it was all in coins, and so I brought about 20 pounds of coins back to the ship and realized that I couldn't change them. Oh no! <laughs> they don't change coins, right? But, but fortunately, I got to go back to Nuke and and play. And a, a friend, uh, Ian Tamlin, who's a wonderful musician as well, he uh, wrote a song called uh, "The Day Nuke Got Washboard Hanked." <laughs> <laughs> I love the play on words with many of your songs. Yeah, well, it's it makes people think, and it it kind of keeps it interesting. Because they don't know what's going to come next. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, we've probably got about, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 or 9 minutes left, maybe less. So I know you mentioned that you've got uh, a gig or you're performing uh, St. Patrick's Day. Do you want to let people know where that is and anything else that might be upcoming that people can put on the calendar? We've got about 9 minutes here, Hank. Well, we're going to be playing uh, uh, the Red Dog in Peterborough mm-hmm. on Hunter Street from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to the Pig's Ear from 8 o'clock to 2 o'clock when the Pig's Ear is on Brock Street on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, I'm going to be playing April Fool's Day. I'm going to be down in uh, <laughs> Kitchener playing the Boathouse. Uh-huh. And uh, as the summer goes on, I've got... Uh, the, uh, the Vancouver Island Folk Festival in Courtney. On Excellent. And then I'm going to be playing uh, the South Country Fair in Fort McLeod. And uh, then I'm back to uh, the Blue Skies Music Festival, which is uh, in Clarendon, which is a little town just uh, north of Charlotte Lake. And uh, I'll also be doing the Peterborough Folk Festival right here in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fred Eaglesmith picnic in Elmer, Ontario. And uh, in between that, you might catch me at the beer store. <laughs> or, I don't and, know. And on the porch. Or on the porch. But the and gig, at the funeral home. Or the gigs roll in, and uh, I never know what I'm going to be doing next. Well, that's half the excitement, right? Yeah. That's completely being open to your journey and just letting it go. So that's wonderful. So what I'm going to ask you to do, Hank, before we have to depart ways here, is uh, if you can just kindly remind people of where they can find you, how they can contact you, connect with you. I believe you have a fan page, do you not? I have uh, 
two washboard Hank pages on Facebook, and I think that's uh, about the easiest way to contact me. Just look up washboard Hank on okay. Facebook, and uh, we can go from there. Okay, well, that's wonderful. So what I'd like to do is maybe do some outro with your music, but before we do that, I would just like to thank the listeners once again for joining me here. Uh, my name is Lisa. I'm your show host, uh, Carpe Diem. With the Contact Talk Radio Network, I go live every Friday. So if you have any show topic ideas or any suggestions, uh, would like to appear as a guest on my show, kindly reach out to me at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. That's my website, my newly re- relaunched website. Uh, lots of new things there that you can find. Um, so, Hank, thank yes. you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to turn this over to you. And thank you for joining us, and thank you for your time. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. All the best. Such a pleasure. Well, wet up your knife and call up your dog. Wet up your knife and call up your dog. We're gonna get an old groundhog. Here come Hank with a ten foot pole. Here come Hank with a ten foot pole. Twist that hog right out of his hole. Grand hole. Grand find you so infectious, so charismatic, and uh, people are just so drawn to your energy. So thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, and so everybody put all these events that Hank mentioned on the calendar. Hank's got a couple pages on Facebook, fan page, check him out. He's wonderful. He's even better live. Uh, so, Hank, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, listeners, once again for joining me on my show, Carpe Diem. See you next Friday. We've got Sandy Horn from the Spoons next Friday. Thanks. Love and gratitude to everybody. Take care. Okay. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.